You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Thank you for joining us this week here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by my uh, co-host, Eric Dalala. Uh, last time, Eric said that I talked for too long at the start. So, uh, Eric, you want to introduce uh, the other two members of our team here in the podcast studio? You even tried to make that take as long as it could possibly take. I tried. Yeah. No, I think you can do it. I just wanted a chance oh, to okay. express myself. Sorry. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy you're here. Yeah. And I'm happy that you're happy. We might have to mute the mic of one of our new guests. Yeah, exactly. New guests. Uh, we have our intern extraordinaire, Emily Samanskis. And then also... She's not even... She doesn't even care. She doesn't say anything. No. She's not happy to be here. Ex- we forced <laughs> exactly. her to be here, so yeah. she's here. And then also uh, Matt Boyer's here. Is it always like this, where you guys are off the rails within within a, a minute? Right off the bat. <laughs> okay. Um, this is this has probably got to be the last time we leave the studio unlocked when we do this. That's true. People keep sneaking in here. <laughs> and for the second uh, recording session in a row, no Ben Swanson. No, he was here last... Oh, he called in last time. I forgot. The, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just in there for a little bit. Um, well, you did see that tremendous illustration that he painted. Yes, I was going to say... Uh, Shout out to uh, Geng His John. I don't know. Uh, I think it's supposed to be Genghis? Genghis John, like a Genghis Khan reference. Got it. Got yeah. it. But Geng His John uh, is also, uh, <laughs> it's also great. Nice work. I know how to read. Yeah. Well, I know how to read. That's why we. Uh, that's why we let you talk. Appreciate the uh, shout out on Instagram. Neutral Zone Nation is going worldwide. <laughs> Complimenting. Uh, he said, now we know what Ben Swanson was doing during the game. <laughs> yeah, and Should it was be. a shot of uh, the illustration of Dalton Reisner throwing in uh, Philip Lindsay. Rang- was- wrangling him in. Yeah, just like cattle back home in Wiggins. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was nice work by Swanson, though. Exactly. Beautiful illustration. That's- to be in that position at that right moment. I know. Well, and it was tough Beautiful. because he said, Dalton, can you just hold... Philip there for a few Paused. more minutes so that I can, you know, kind of get this whole thing. It was really beautiful. It was nice. Well, uh, we have a lot to get to uh, as we preview the Jacksonville game coming up this Sunday. We'll uh, talk about the Broncos injury status, which on the defensive side of the ball is starting to become a problem. Yeah. Should we, should we jump into that? Well, or you let me just give preview us. Okay. Yeah. We got Von Miller. Uh, not on the injury report. Not on the injury clear. report, but uh, interesting moment at his press conference on Thursday. 12 moments. 12 brief moments. Yeah. Seconds, if you will. Is I it a you, press conference uh, if you don't answer questions? It was a statement, press of, statement. of sorts. I liked it. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Broncos running game. Had a nice performance up north against the Packers. And we'll hear from uh, Royce Freeman, the Broncos' leading rusher. Eric, wow. Yep, there you go. Okay. He was the leading rusher against the Packers? No, this season. Oh, okay. This I season. See. I Sorry, got it. This season. I got it. And then uh, maybe, hey, Brandon McManus missed an extra point really for the second week in a row. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. And then uh, – We'll talk about the sensation that is Gardner Minshew. I know this. You've never loved anyone more than Gardner Minshew. I did. Mm, I do I dig the true. swag. I like the swag. Yeah. He was. A, 
unprecedented swag levels. If I were your wife, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> Not since Baker Mayfield have I seen you yeah. like just go crazy for a quarterback. It, it is. Uh, when we were at the Senior Bowl, you went crazy for Baker. I did you had, too. You had like I a two-week stretch where you were just everything. Now it's you're hitting Baker levels with Minshew. <laughs> Eric had a bandana on. I had drinks with Baker every night. <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway, so that's what we got lined up for you here on the neutral zone. And then and, maybe, uh, maybe some keys to winning the game. Keys to the game, That's yeah. important, too. <laughs> winning the game. Winning the game, yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. So uh, let's start out with this injury problem. Uh, and uh, I'll leave it up to injury specialist Eric Dalala to fill us all in. Website reporter Eric Injuries, Dalala. Yeah, the web guy. The web guy. <laughs> Uh, well, we know Bryce Callahan and Jawan James are still out for a while. Callahan underwent a procedure out four to six weeks. So that that was new this week, though. That was. And it's kind of but he hasn't been out here since the season started and really since his foot got stepped on back at the end of July. And this is dating back to a, a procedure that he had with an injury when he was with the Bears. Yeah, he broke his foot in uh, mid-December last year. Got had surgery. a screw put in. A screw. Yeah which often leads to some longer problems. I, I can believe you, you so? I suppose, there. We, so, there's a lot of complications anytime you're putting hardware into bones. Well, I mean, you've had both hip re- hips replaced, right? Yeah, that, so, those are really painful. Yeah, the hips, the knees, you, do you, you just one shoulder, right? Just the one shoulder for yeah, me, yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. you're not doing too bad. No. You're not Tony Stark great. level, but you're getting close. great. Anyway, yeah, I guess for me, the question with Callahan is why now? Why didn't they well, do this procedure earlier? Well, maybe they thought that it was something that was going to go away, and then they, you know, after a couple of weeks, it just keeps lingering. Because if it's a four- to six-week recovery timetable and you just did this even in mid-August, he'd be back. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see. Vic Fangio said surgery is still an option. He's going to be out at least four to six weeks. So we don't even know if he's going to play this year. Yeah, exactly. Because he did say, uh, did he say IR was an option for him? He said IR was still an option. Still an option. And yep. then... Uh, Juwan James could be getting back soon. Uh, I think we're nearing the, the two-week mark. And Vic Fangio said, hey, I said two to four. So uh, maybe he's back close. in a few weeks. Uh, maybe back for that Chiefs game in week seven. Kind of the, the new injuries that popped up were Kareem Jackson with a hamstring. Uh, he told a reporter he injured it on that very long pass from Aaron Rodgers. I don't remember that one. Uh, it was the offsides, but I found out that you could, you could keep playing. <laughs> so there was a penalty, but it didn't count? The penalty counted, but you can keep playing the down. Really? And they caught a touchdown pass. And then you declined the penalty. It was kind of crazy. You were unaware of the rule? Maybe I was getting a snack. I had just sat down with a bratwurst <laughs> and some yeah. cheese curds and was just getting <laughs> settled in for the game, and boom, touchdown. Okay, so, so, so he's, cream, he's questionable. Hurt. Yeah, in the words of Vic Fangio, truly questionable. Truly. As, a, as opposed to fake questionable. He did not. He has not practiced yet this week. Josie Jewell has also not practiced. He left that uh, Green Bay game. Derek Wolf, though, limited in practice on Thursday after getting carted off the field against the Packers. It looked like his season might be over, but the guy's tough. He is really tough. I, it looked like, uh, I don't know about you, but I was like, re- I zoomed in on the photos of him when he was getting carted off. Uh-huh. Enhance. Enhance. Yeah, of course. Little bit of a, it was raining. Moisture? It was raining, though, so really hard to tell. Yeah. Mm. If there was some. Uh, Face moisture. Some, uh, maybe he had just put some drops in. 
during the play? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> yes. But he was back out of practice. Now, let me tell you this. Do you think that's if, why there haven't been any sacks? Because guys are putting eye drops in during the play? Ooh. That's possible. Yeah. That's down. You're, that's a slippery slope uh, going down that road. Yeah, I know. I uh, wasn't, I wasn't planning the, on going any yeah. farther. Well, let's uh, talk about this injury because uh, if Kareem Jackson can't play, that means this Sunday the Broncos' top three free agent acquisitions all will not be out on the field. Can you name them? You just named them. Juwan James, Kareem <laughs> Jackson, and uh, Bryce Callahan. I see you were really close to not being <laughs> yeah, able to do it. True. What are you talking about? <laughs> what about their top trade acquisition? Did they make a trade? Duke Dawson. He'll be right there. Joe Flacco. Duke. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no. God. I thought you were talking about Duke Dawson. No, but he he's going to play, it sounds like. I think like. he will play. Some nickel. But that is concerning, though. Let's talk about the secondary. What are we... If Kareem Jackson can't go, what does that mean? Will Parks will be starting at safety? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Will Parks in base, I would think. And then it sounds like Duke Dawson in the nickel, uh, which means Will Parks is going to be on the field anyway. So your five guys on the field then are probably Bosby, Chris Harris, Justin Simmons, Will Parks, and Duke Dawson. Duke Dawson. You like that name? It's actually Duke <laughs> Dawson a, Jr. That's a great name, Duke Dawson. I love that name. Well, and the interesting thing is that Vic said it's really tough to get guys up, up to speed when they come in at the end of training camp because you're teaching guys game plans. You're not teaching them the defense. Yeah. And so and this they, defensive secondary has a lot of checks, a lot of moving pieces, plays a lot of zone. It's hard to, uh, you know, fully come into uh, full speed. So th- this might not be a guy who we really know much about until next year because they do yeah. like his athleticism, but it, it's going to be hard for him to pick things up and play at the top of his game mid-season it's gonna take him a whole year well because once you get Good. to you got to take till otas and training camp to really learn the defense there's not vic said hey we've we've Simplified got him in the, we've got him in the meeting maybe. rooms and we're talking to him but you need reps and right now we're giving reps to guys who are starters what do you think about that because uh the reps are really all going to the starters uh there was some question to vic fangio today i believe from troy rank he asked hey Vaughn's not used to playing this many snaps. What do you think? And uh, Fangio said, look, the really good players I've been around through my career, they play a lot. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think there's anything to that? Because maybe Vaughn's trying to conserve some energy or do you think he's just going uh, out full blast every play? I just, well, I just think that, you know, uh, he's just not used to playing that many snaps. I think that he's, you've played your entire career one way and now you're being able to, you're being asked to do things in an entirely different way going i don't think he's figured out how to allocate as you mentioned you know energy or you know just trying to pick his spots i don't think he's totally figured it out yet because yeah he is i think vic fangio is asking him to do more this year than he ever he has ever been asked to do in his career i mean there were times last year when the defense though was playing 70 or 80 snaps and that's not the case this year I think they've been playing between that 55 to 65 range, yeah. so it's fewer snaps. And so last year, like this week against uh, Green Bay, Vaughn was on the field for 50 snaps. That's pro- that's 93% of the snaps, but it's probably less than he played under Vance Joseph because the defense in total was out there for 80 snaps. 
And so because the the offense isn't going three and out, the offense is holding the ball, moving the ball. And so the defense probably isn't as tired in general. And so looking at it as a percentage as opposed to a raw number of snaps is probably the wrong way to do it. But that's in hindsight. Going into the game, you don't know how many – you know, you don't know that the offense is going to dominate time of possession. Right, but if... So if maybe early up, on, you're like, hey, I, I got to conserve some energy here because in the fourth quarter, when it really matters, I got to have some stuff. Are you talking about from Vaughn's perspective or yeah. from a coaching perspective? No, no, Vaughn's perspective. How often do they drop him in coverage? Do we know? Uh, hard to tell. I mean, he he has been rushing the passer a lot. Yeah. I would Chubb, just, Chubb was in coverage a little bit more last game than we saw him in coverage in previous games. I would just say that based on how many snaps, they had 55 total defensive snaps against the Raiders. They had 60 total defensive snaps against the Bears. And then, like we just said, 54 total against the Packers. So they're not playing all that much. No, no, I agree. But I'm just wondering if his mindset is a little bit different going into the game, knowing that he's going to have to play 90% of the snaps on the defensive side of the ball. But but they might not be telling him that. They might be saying, yeah. hey, you're going to play 65 snaps if you need to, and we'll will give you a rest if it looks like it's gonna you're gonna be spending a lot of time on defense. But so far the offense has possessed the ball so much. I think they've won time of possession in every game. Yeah, they have the most ten play drives in in the NFL right now. It's just not leading to a ton of points. Right. So Vaughn came up to a podium on Thursday, said that he's ready to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then stepped off. Good week and, of practice. They've had good practice. Well, good, good game week plan. Of, good week of preparation. Uh, yeah, we don't I want to say preparation. I saw a sorry. fan reply and said, I thought he was going to say good week of practice. <laughs> did not sorry. say it. So, uh, and then he just walked off. So what, what, what do you make of that? I think Vaughn's fed up. I do too. With no sacks, no takeaways, no wins. He's the face of the defense and the face of the franchise. And everything, just like everything comes back on offense to Flacco, when the defense isn't doing its job, everything comes back to Vaughn. And you can you can guarantee that he's been reading stuff or has heard stuff about how Vaughn's not doing his job and all these questions about the trade deadline and the Broncos rebuilding and all that. Team he's option just, next yeah, year. He's just done with it. Yeah. And last year, when he was done with it, it was before that Thursday night game against Arizona. And he and came he said, out. We're going to go down there and kick their... Scooby-Doo? <laughs> is that, uh, they put is that, that word, your personal bleep? They, yeah. put, they put that word in the transcript last year. They so did. I, yeah, so I think we can probably say it. Not here on the neutral zone. Okay. okay. Yeah, this is a family-friendly podcast. Well, he said they were going to do that. And he did. He did. He almost schmurdered Josh Rosen. Do you think that Minshew's like down in Jacksonville seeing this and he's like, oh, why? Minshew's sitting <laughs> at home combing his stash. <laughs> no, he's hanging with Uncle Rico today. That's true. That's true. That no, I, I liked Minshew's. I liked Minshew's quote on, uh, I guess Wednesday. He said, "I'd love to meet Vaughn, but just after the game." Yeah, that's good. Smart. I, d- I do think it shouldn't take it shouldn't take Vaughn Miller getting upset each year before one game for for a defensive defensive explosion. I, I think that these types of outbursts. I mean. You know what was what was the stat line against Arizona? Was it three sacks? Two sacks, two forced Six. fumbles, one fumble recovery. Yeah, I, I mean he was an absolute terror, but but it shouldn't. I, I don't think it. I don't think it should ever get to a point where Vaughn needs to feel like he needs to go out, say something publicly to get himself revved up, and then and then go out and and have a great game. I I I just don't think that part is necessary. I I think that he's uh, he's definitely ready to go though. 
He does seem locked in during the media portion uh, that we can watch of practice. He's been stretching away from the rest of his teammates, um, which is new this week. Vic Fangio and approached think, him at practice. I think he's just locked period. in. Yeah. He's just sort of finding his... Uh, I mean, I think these guys probably find it somewhat ridiculous how much the media reacts to every little thing from each game and that they're watching more film than anyone in the media. And so the, Vaughn can probably say, hey, I'm close or like these little things are what I'm doing wrong. But he doesn't want to... He's at the point where he wants to go show that he knows what's going on and can make a game-changing difference as opposed to standing there and answering questions about are you going to be traded why don't you have any sacks? Why don't you have any turnovers? They're fair questions to ask, I think. Of course they are. But what he, do you mean? But he just, no, they are. Yeah. But he just. It's not an overreaction. It is sort of a. No, but he's just done. Yeah. That. I do think it's funny how how some players do kind of get on the defensive early in lines of questioning in this market, especially because there are there are some other markets in other parts of the country where the line of questioning would be a lot worse than it is here in Denver. I'll just but say that. But I will that. say in Denver, f- the Broncos are the number one sport here in town, and uh, the media the media gets after them pretty good. Pretty good here, I would say, more so than any other sport in town. In town, sure, I believe that. Except for but, maybe uh, our buffs. Yeah, exactly. Heck of a win down there in uh, Tempe. <laughs> Coming back home to face another Arizona team. You guys Life beat, is good right now. You guys don't beat that Arizona team. You guys got Okay, I think that Matt Boyer can exit the, the podcast <laughs> now. Uh, Matt Boyer's uh, Michigan Wolverines had a bye week last week. They didn't show up. Uh, that's correct. Uh, I don't know who they're playing this week, but last week they're playing they Rutgers. They lost to Wisconsin 35-14 last but week. But you know, you know what I was thinking about? You know in uh, Batman Begins? I do know that movie. You know when he has to climb that mountain to go uh, train with You're going to spoil it for Emily. Emily hasn't seen it yet. With the blue flower. Exactly. Yeah. When Vaughn is like out there practicing by himself, he's got it's the sort of flower. like well, it's sort of like his personal journey to the top of that mountain. Oh man, what is what the I mean? uh, for Vaughn? What's the portion where Bruce Wayne walks through that little village and they all kind of run out of the way? Um, you don't really. Do you remember, remember that part? It. Is that when the I'm talking about the beginning? F- no, I know he walks through a little village to oh, get yeah, to the top. Yeah, yeah, on his way up. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. about no, the no, fight okay. scene after. When when the place is on fire and he's like leaving, do you remember that? No. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about You're the way talking. up the mountain. Oh, got it. And there's villagers just scattering because they got know it. he's going. They know what he's doing. Yeah, to the League of Shadows. Shadows. Maybe Vaughn's Pass Rush Summit is kind of like the League of Shadows. It, it a, a little bit is. Yeah. Calais yeah. Campbell was at the Pass Rush Summit. Joe Flacco not happy about it. Is that true? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> what? thought that was reporting. Oh no, no, that was that was that not doing our things. Trust oh, nothing on this podcast. Our things. Um, what was the next thing we were supposed to talk about? Um, oh, Philip Brandon Lindsay's. McManus. No, nope. no, no. Sorry, Brandon McManus after Royce the rushing Freeman. game. All right. So, what did you think about Philip Lindsay? He had a heck of a game against the Packers. I loved it, just like I said to do. Yeah, and just like you. Oh no. What? Did, oh gosh. He he uh, had a great game. Catch the. Caught the ball out of the uh, back. Catched it real nice. He, 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 <laughs> he, got, he went out there and catched it nice. <laughs> he that's, had a, that's that CU English. Yep. Oh, boy. Uh, 81 he, yards, two touchdowns, another 49 yards through the air. He almost broke that How many that carries long. did he get? He had 21 carries. And how many did Royce have? 15. <sighs> Who 
knows what would have happened with those six carries? Oh, my gosh. Their rushing average was just about the same. Yeah, but who was higher? Royce. Who's touch- oh, sorry. sorry, I think your mic didn't work right there, was it? Royce. But Phillips' touchdown count was higher. Rolls Royce, baby. You talked to Royce? Maybe we should hear some of that. We could hear some of that. Let me, uh, let's go inside the Broncos locker room to talk to Royce Freeman. Royce, uh, seems like you had got off to a hot start this year. Uh, are you seeing things differently a little bit here heading into your second year? I think it just, you know, second year, get a chance to settle down and things, review things and, you know, reflect on, you know, previous uh, the previous season and things like that. So just, I guess, repetition and exposure has definitely helped me out this year. Has the game slowed down at all? Yeah, it's definitely slowed down. I mean, more familiar with a different variety of looks you can get from defenses and things like that, especially at this level. You know, um, defense scheming up things and, um, again, just being exposed to it more often. How do you feel this new Broncos offense has been using your skill set? Uh, I think I think this offense is giving me a chance to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. Uh, Coach just talked about, like, using the backs out of the backfield as, you know, another receiver, as a, as a weapon. And uh, we have the backs to do so. And the fact that he's, you know, expressed that to us just – you know, uh, gives us the confidence to go out there and, you know, make plays happen on the perimeter as well. What about this one-two punch with you and Phil Lindsay? Seems like you you guys are a dynamic duo. Yeah, I mean, we feed off each other during the game. I mean, um, he goes out there and makes big plays, and, and you know, I want to go out there and do the same. We all, like, no matter what the situation is in the game or when we go in, uh, always stay prepared, be ready to go, and um, no matter who's in the game, just go out there and just do your job. Like a healthy competition, hey, he gets a touchdown, I want to go out there and get a touchdown? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. I mean, it doesn't always work out like that, but, you know, sometimes I might drive the ball down the field and he ends up scoring or vice versa, and I think that's how it works, and I think that's how it should work for offense in general. What about on the sideline? He come off the field and say, hey, I'm seeing this out there? Or what, what's it like when yeah, the yeah. defense no, is out No, definitely, the definitely. I mean, uh, especially at the running back position, you know, somebody gets exposure to something or a look, uh, you know, you never know if it's going to come back up again, especially the defense had success with it during the game. So uh, just making sure you communicate that with the other running backs, making sure they're on the same page. Uh, it's a team type of thing. A couple more for you here. What about off the field? Are you All the Pac-12 backs are all the running backs from Pac-12 schools. Are you guys pretty close off the field too? Yeah, yeah, pretty close. I mean, we've seen each other <laughs> – in previous years, it's definitely, I mean, it's super crazy that we all ended up uh, at the same organization, you know, Pac-12 backs, and I played against each other uh, sometimes during our college career. So I think that's pretty cool in itself. You guys knew each other all throughout college and stuff then. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you must have known what Phil was doing up at CU. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I played against them a couple times. So I came up to CU, came down to Oregon and played against Book at Utah. And also they came back down to Oregon. So I got a lot of exposure to seeing these guys like previous before they came to the NFL. How your Ducks been doing? They've been doing well, man. I mean, uh, definitely coming out there, still being dynamic. You know, uh, look forward to seeing them as Pac-12 play continues on and uh, the rest of the season as well. You gonna see any games? Maybe a bye week or something like that? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really know like how our bye week matches up with their schedule yet. Okay. So I mean, definitely still rooting for them though. I mean. Uh, the guys out there, they're playing with a lot of passion. And when I see them, that's what I see when I, when I watch them. They're playing with a lot of passion. All right, Royce, appreciate your time, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, my thanks to Royce Freeman for uh, catching up there. He, Eric, what did you think about that conversation? I loved it. You know, yeah. one thing I'll say about Royce is that he's opened up a little bit. You know, as a rookie, he, he kind of uh, 
He was still getting used to the, the NFL media circuit, if you will. I thought he's given better answers. Well, I think when you're a rookie, you just want to be quiet and come in and do your job. Of course. I, but what I liked about that conversation was him still talking about ways he can improve and his offense can get better, even though they're close to what they want to do. He's never going to be a personality like Will Parks. Like even going no. back, to, even going back to like I covered him when he was a high school freshman, and he was always, he's always been a quiet kid. But I do think, to your point, I was very impressed with the way that he did open up with you because you can definitely see the comfort level. That's true expanding. with me. It, you, it's your or, it's that Eugene That's bond that you guys have. Yeah, exactly. It's Don't the makes Eugene people bond. comfortable. Uh, I don't know about that. He did say that he likes that he can catch the ball out of the backfield more in this offense. And I do think that that's a good way to utilize some of these running backs is that get the ball out in space. And then you saw what Phil Lindsay did. So take the ball out of the box. Get the ball out of the initial box so into that it can box. go into the other box. Here's from last game. Uh, Lindsay and Freeman each had five targets, four receptions. Lindsay had 49 yards. For an average of 12.3, Royce had 10 yards for an average of 2.5. The thing about Lindsay's catches? catches? Yes. How many catches did he have? I just told you. Royce. They both had four. Four. Mm-hmm. Four for 10 yards for they're, Royce. They're putting him in better position. Right. They're long putting of, Lindsay in better position. Long of nine for Royce. That means he had three for a combined one. Right. But the, catches that, the catches that Freeman's making are all on the sideline, screens, wheel routes, like there's nothing over the middle of the field like for one yard. They're given well, they're given Lindsay a great opportunity to catch the ball over the middle of the field, put him in space, and that way he's able to gain big yards. Maybe he had negative yards on one play. Oh. Did you think about that? Oh my god. It's possible. Here you keep saying some crazy stuff and I'll figure it out. <laughs> um but I do like the way that the Broncos have been running the football. It seemed like the Packers were encouraging them to run the football, and they took advantage of that. So I do think that uh, the way they've been running the football has been impressive for me. Last game they definitely figured out, especially with Dalton Reisner. I mean, everybody will talk about the big the big play inside the inside the five-yard line. He throws Lindsey into the uh, – the end zone, but I I was pretty impressed with the way he's able to pull on those like on those routes going towards the sideline, going around Garrett Bowles and Bowles to his credit played pretty well last week. So I do think that they found a little something running behind that left side of the line. Most definitely, I think that that's the way uh, they're going to have some successes going left there, especially in short yardage situations. Just hand the ball off to my boy Royce and he'll get it done. <laughs> that's what I think. Have you boy, looked up your, your boy stat now? yet? He's your boy? I'm confused. Yeah, boy. Something, something's off here. Interesting. You're looking at a game book? Yeah, I see nine yards. I see four yards. I see two yards. But I don't I don't see a negative mm. one. Which you, there must oh, be. There must be. Negative five. Yeah, see? Probably just trying to, you know, make a situation work, you know, bail out maybe, but it just didn't work. Uh, it was on f- second and six, and it went backwards for five yards. Yeah. Who knows what happened? <laughs> anyway, uh, just keep riding that train, thoughts Phil. On, any other thoughts on uh, the running game? I think that they've been using – look, the one-two punch of Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay I think is really good. And when you look at the the this roster, running back is an area where I feel like the Broncos are really set. Yeah, they ran for 149 yards, and then they threw for another 200-something. So it's a really even offense. I guess my question is, 
how many teams in the NFL win games consistently by running the ball that much. A, a lot of the really good teams are throwing the ball down the field, making big plays. And Joe Flacco said that this week, that they've got to get some of those explosives that end in touchdowns because they had the long pass to Lindsey, the long pass to Sutton. But for whatever reason, I think Sutton maybe cut the wrong way. Lindsey couldn't quite get there. Those explosives haven't turned into points, and then they're not able to finish the drives. That's true. Who do you consider the really good teams right now? Uh, Kansas City Kansas Chiefs. City throws the ball pretty far and yeah. a lot. Mahomes just throws it up into the air. All right, Casey, right-handed, left-handed. Uh, New England. Okay. Uh, the Packers really, threw the ball. The Cowboys. The Cowboys run Cowboys the ball run a lot. The ball. But, but uh, it's not as frequent to find a team that will just dominate the running game every single game That's and true. win that way. That's true. It's not, not to say it can't be done. I think it's more difficult. Packers were held under 100 yards, right? I think it was like 90-some at the end of the game. That's why I'm saying they pass yeah. to win. Right, yeah. pass. Yeah. Um, interesting. After seeing Aaron Rodgers, where do you think he is uh, right now in terms of, like, the top five quarterbacks in the NFL? Two. Like, in history? No, I'm talking about right now. Two. Oh. Like, number one, Patrick no. Mahomes. Yeah. Yes. Two. Number two, Tom Brady. Yes. Rodgers oh. probably three. You, you still think so? Yeah. They were talking about that on Dan Patrick show. Oh, I love me some Dan Patrick oh, show. Boy. I just think when I think about that, it's if you're in a two minute drill, and who you, do you want? Well, who, yeah. Or who do you not want against you? Oh, and I would yeah, still in that situation, maybe I'd put Brady one Mahomes two, Rogers three. Yeah. So that's a good way. Brady hasn't really been tested yet. He don't need, I be, mean, he don't need like, to be well, tested. He's going to play. There is the, no test. He's going to play the bills this week. The bills, the bills have a top five defense right now. This is going to be the first major test for the New England offense he for the season, the right? Because they've played, they've played Pittsburgh, they've played Miami, and who's the, uh, and who do they, they play? played New York. They played New York. So, I mean, they haven't exactly played a murderer's row of teams yet. He's the professor. He hands out the tests. The one thing I'm really impressed with, with about Rodgers, though, is his ability to, and we saw it a couple of times in Green Bay, he runs, like, when he, his ability to keep his eyes downfield, run towards the line of scrimmage, and he freezes Either the safety or the linebacker, he makes him pick which way they're going to go, and then he makes his choice based on what he sees from the defense. It's, it's. I don't think Brady Brady used to have that skill. I don't know if he has that mobility necessarily anymore. Brady could do whatever he wants out on the field. He's hey, a magician. you know that's my guy. He could put that ball anywhere he wants. You know that's my guy. First team all state. Oh boy, uh, Brandon McManus, huh? Yeah, that really never. So okay, Brandon McManus missed the extra point at the end of the game. The game tying extra point. Where the guy jumped off sides, but even uh, Tom McMahon afterward said, hey, he's got to make that kick. Yeah, team reporter Eric DeLala asked, hey, Web was guy. he bothered by this? And he said, no, he's got to make the kick anyway. And then he came back last week. It didn't really end up hurting the Broncos, but it could have missed the extra point again. And uh, what would have been a seven-point deficit at the time became eight. Mm. That's true. So what do you think's going on there? Well, I'm not too concerned because the other field goals that he's made, he's made have been longer than the 33-yard extra point. So I don't know if it's a – he has made some shorter ones too, but I don't know if it's a concentration thing. Like he's going up there and he's like, this is, this is cake, this is routine, and so he's missing them. And if it's just a matter of being a little more focused on those extra points. But because he's not missing other kicks – I'm not too concerned about it. If he were spraying everything all over the place, then it'd be an issue. Yeah, but, I mean, he has one job to go out there and make those things, you know. 
No, I know, but I'm saying that because it's just extra points, I suspect that if he... It's a lack of focus? You uh, that's that's what I would guess. Anything to be concerned about then moving forward? Or you think Until you, you if he misses another one this week or he starts missing other field goals that... he sh- He's 6 of 7, I think, from field goal range this year, and the only one he missed was yeah. that 64-yarder. Yeah. No, so, he's been money there. So until some of those... Emily? Can confirm. You are correct. Wow. Wow. That's why Emily's here. <laughs> um, until he misses a field goal that he should make, I'm not worried about it. Got it. But maybe then that's too late to be worried about I it. I think that he missed the extra point, which he should make. So no, I think Phil. Phil, I think I got Phil. you there. He's proven, himself, he's proven himself plenty. I mean, you know, just look around the league, and, and I, I don't know historically if there are too many kickers better than Brandon McManus in, in big moments. You you disagree. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I don't want to go down that route. Go ahead. I choose oh. not to go down that path. The playoffs 2015? But he was great in the playoffs, but I can bring up some other moments. I choose not to here on a family-friendly podcast. Why don't we uh, head on down to Jacksonville? The Minshew Mania. Yeah, it's your guy. Minshew Mania, I heard, uh, is set to make landfall in, in the Denver area around 225 when on did, Sunday. When did the Mania turn into a, a weather like a weather pattern? Very early. <laughs> <laughs> Almost right away. Let, first of all, let's Wait. talk about the tunnel experience at Jacksonville Games. Okay, good. I don't they wanna... got the turquoise lights, and he walks out. He When he walked down the tunnel last week. Was it turquoise? Yes, not teal. a not a teal. teal, maybe a little teal. teal. Okay, it was a little. It was oft, a little bit like the colored T-shirt you're Much wearing. Much darker. Here. Much not darker. What do you think a T-shirt button is? Up, button up, button up shirt. <laughs> Looked a lot like that. Anyway, when uh, he walked out of that Helpful tunnel for the podcast listeners, they can definitely see what I'm wearing. Did you think it was interesting that they didn't give him the hammer? They he was not the last one out of the uh, out of the tunnel. Yeah, because he'd break his hand <laughs> with it. Well. <laughs> He, they don't want they the crowd to They gave the Fournette. Wouldn't you? The if, crowd is. You're not going to give. You're not going to give the last one out. He's got to he's gotta earn it. He's, <laughs> he earned it last week. He threw a perfect pass to Shark. Shark. DJ. Shark hands. <laughs> Daddy Shark. Oh boy. He threw a perfect uh, pass. He did. Now, what do you think? You think that he can continue that on the road in a tough environment in Denver? No, against Vic Fangio's defense, I I think that Minshew's luck is gonna run out. Yes. Mania to maniac. Yep. No, I think that he'll probably play similarly to how Baker Mayfield played last year when he was here, in that he made some really good plays, but then there were a couple throws that you were like, "What is he doing?" Because I like the moment was too big or the pressure. Remember, he threw that interception to uh, Demonte Thomas that was down yeah. the middle of the field. That yes, you were just like, "What is? What is he seeing there?" Well, I think that it, this is an opportunity for this Broncos defense to get right in terms of turnovers and sacks. Well, Vic was interesting. He said sometimes you think the key to getting to a rookie quarterback is to just blitz him. No, and he said that's actually not the best way to do it because then they can see the pressure coming and they know I got to mm-hmm. get rid of the ball fast. You got to try to trick them other ways or make them march down the field and be smart time after time. But Vic, Vic's brought up several times how good Minshew's decision making is. It's yeah. funny you bring up Baker because I was thinking about rookie quarterbacks or young quarterbacks coming into Denver to play for the first time. And the situation I thought of was, you know, a young quarterback with a pretty good running back coming in that Dallas game. 
and I believe it was 2017. Dak. Dak. Dak wasn't and, a rookie, though. Right, but he was a, he was a, I was just saying younger young quarterbacks quarterback. with young, young players who are coming in here for the first time. That running attack was vaunted with Zeke. Everybody thought Zeke was going to run everywhere. They held him to what? I think they held him to under like 50 yards or something like that. He right? ran for like nine different yards. Defense, so. yeah, yeah, so I, th- yeah, it is a different defense, but I think different the experience, players. I think the experience of coming into, to Eric's point, to coming into Denver and having success your first time after having never played here before, I think it is pretty tough. I would say the best way to do to try and confuse him is to make something look like it's zone coverage, have it become man coverage. What if you have something disguise look, some of your stuff, ha, have it look man? like it's man, and then have it switch to zone, and then back to man. Maybe one side of the field is man, the other side is zone. Six guys are playing this man. Is how you have five to, guys are playing zone. Yes, what? I'm being serious. Hold on, Vic's calling me. He wants to hire us. That is the way that you confuse a young quarterback. I just think with Minshew, you want to make him be perfect. And so keep things in front of you. Make him have 14 play drives to score because in that situation, he's probably going to make a mistake somewhere. And Minshew, for everything you know, uh, that we just talked about, he's a gamer. Loves he, he, video games. He uh, his uh, level of play goes up a few notches when the when it's time to ball. That's did you, true. Did you watch the Tennessee game? I did. I thought I it was. Fun. I thought th- it, credit to Jacksonville because I thought they did a great job putting him in a situation where all he had to do it was a lot of one read, boom, get the ball out. One read, boom, get the ball out. So if if they put him in a similar, if the Broncos can disrupt that rhythm, make him go two three steps in his progression, I think he's going to have a really tough time because. Because just watching that game and then watching the Texans game, he really didn't have to go past his second his second read before he got rid of the ball. If you can make him hold on to the ball a little bit longer, I think you're going to see Vaughn and Chubb and guy in that the middle of that defensive line really start to have some success they haven't had in recent weeks. I would say the number one key to slowing down Minshew is whatever you do, don't look straight into the mustache. Oh boy, I agree. Well, maybe just finish the job, break his hand. He tried to do it. He wanted yeah. it done. Do Everyone comes out with a little tiny If he loses, hand. do you think he'll shave? No. no. Little ti- even if yeah, he did just shave, back. Just, Yeah, the Santa Claus, but <laughs> with a mustache. Yeah. You really should check out some content on DenverBroncos.com. Minshew Mania, I asked the guys to look at a photograph of him. They let you put that on the website? It was amazing. Um <laughs> My favorite part of the Minshew conference call this week was him being like, I saw a buffalo at Colorado, and I loved it. Yeah. He did take a shot at my buffs, though. <laughs> he did. Because uh, Washington State beat Colorado. 31-7. to seven. And uh, he said he thought it should have been worse than what it was. Probably should have been. That was the beginning of the end for Mike McIntyre, wasn't it? The beginning of the end, end was Oregon State. Beginning of the beginning for Mel Tucker, though. You can look at it That's that true. way. That's true. True. Uh, not to go all Mike Leach, but where does the Buffalo rank in terms of? I'm a little biased. I like, have two opinions on the Buffalo. Okay. Wait, wait, rank as far as what? Well, I, I decided I'm going to change my or? question, but you can first just share your opinions on the Live Buffalo. mascot or tradition, college tradition? Like a like a football mm-hmm. tradition. I'm going to change the whole question, but Phil just, oh, I was gonna what say, do you say about the I Buffalo? I was going to say, I, I think it's a cool tradition, and I love that Ralphie runs out there, but I also, but, but I just, I, uh, 
sometimes I get a little bit sad for the for Ralphie because I'm like he's in that pen. It's probably very nerve nervous with the. There's a lot of crowd. It's loud. I just imagine that's probably a scary. It's not the life you want for the, him. Do you have the same concerns for Thunder Week after that's week, a, Emily? <laughs> As resident horse girl, I think Thunder probably handles it better. Than yeah, Buffalo. Thunder, Thunder probably can handle it a little better than a buffalo. But 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 Ralphie has like eight handlers on hand. Thunder only has saying. a has what two or three. I just, I just hope. I know that uh, Ralphie lives a really good life, very good life. Just on game days, that's got to be a little He's scary. Thick. That's all I'm saying. She, bit, she, oh, little she bit scary. I, Ralphie, what I Ralphie enjoy, is a girl. What I enjoy most about the word buffalo is that you can say it eight times in a row, and it's a sentence. That's true. Uh, Did you? What's your question? Did you change it? Yeah. Um, so Mike Leach, a few weeks ago, brought up all the Pac-12 mascots. That could have been like two days. Sun ago. Sun Devil. Yeah. What uh, what NFL mascot would be the best in a one of those situations, like a fight, and what would be the worst? Wow, the, the Patriot has a musket. So. Sorry, should I have prepped I you for this? Yeah, well, I the Patriot's got a musket, so okay. that's that's already been weaponized. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a, a bear versus a lion. Yeah, that's nice. A cheese packer sure. probably doesn't have much a chance fal- in that well, situation. A falcon or a seahawk can soar. Jaguar. <laughs> We did watch some Jaguar videos. <laughs> this crazy. Yeah. Just attacking alligators. Cowboys? Yeah, uh, cowboy can't beat a Jaguar. No. An eagle can fly. Maybe maybe we'll think about this and bring it up next week. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Tweet question. at us at Philip Milani. No, no. Phil Milani. No, I like to do Philip. That won't go to me. No, I set, <laughs> it, up, I set it up so it does. Oh, thank you for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I actually made you a separate Twitter account. I've been tweeting at people from it. Just, oh. Yeah. Your burner account is Philip Milani? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just to see if that I pretend to be Phil from Phil. That's messed up. Should um, we uh, get into the keys of the game or what? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, pressuring Gardner Minshew into some mistakes is probably one of the biggest ones. I think so. Anything else that stands out to you? Well, if Kareem Jackson can't go, I just want to see how that secondary respond to that and see if they are all on the same page. So I think that limiting the big play in the Love secondary it. is a big key to the game. Matt, do you have a key to the game? Don't fall behind. We've seen we've seen the Broncos fall sure. behind multiple times this year, and you can't get turn. As Vic Fangio mentioned, it's hard to get sacks. It's hard to get turnovers when you fall behind early and you allow a team to run the ball and run time and, and uh, handle the time of possession the way that they, things have gone f- against the Broncos uh, recently. And if you don't score more points than your opponent, you cannot <laughs> that win. Is, that is true. You know? That is true. That's true. Now, let's go back to uh, something that w- we talked about last week on the podcast was if the Broncos go to Green Bay and lose, is there anything that we could, uh, could we bring out of that that was positive? I said no. I was on the positivity train. You were on the positivity train. Can I? Um, is it time? Well, what? To share my my theory. What's your theory? That this team is going to be three and three in three weeks. Uh, yes, I think that I was going to say I I changed my. Uh, Ooh, wow! Now that we've lived through it, test corrections. I do think that I have to. Maybe you've just warped my mind, but I do think that there's reasons to be still optimistic that things can get right and get right in a hurry for this Broncos off uh, the Broncos team. I know you don't think the Packers are NFC championship game material right now. And we did finalize a, perhaps a wager that wh- whoever loses 
if the Packers go to the NFC Championship, I get to spray cheese whiz on your face. And if yes. they do not, then you can spray cheese whiz There's on be my video face. Of this, right? Yes, of okay. course. Neutralzone.com. The only caveat you is own that too? If, oh, of course. if the Packers happen to play the L.A. Rams. In the divisional or wild card round. Correct. And they lose. If they beat the Rams, bet's still on. Got it. Um, Perfect. But, but anyway, I think that the way you've lost, you've had one bad half, which was the first half against Oakland, and then you played a really good second half. You outscored them. You're one-third down stop away from having a chance to drive and tie the game. Uh, against the Bears, you stuck with the NFC North champions from 2018 for a whole game. You should have won that game. Exactly. Rough you kind of get, you yeah. get a, a tough call there at the end. But then against the Packers, that's what I think is a good team. And last year or the year before, they would have gone on the road to even a marginally good team and just not had a chance to win. I mean, I think back to think about that loss in Miami in 2017. This team doesn't feel like it's going to lose games that way. No, they'll be in, and they'll be in all these games right until midway through the fourth, at so, least. And to Fangio's point, well, these things take time, right? I mean, you think about think all the way back to 2012 when when Manning came in. You know, I, I took them. They were one Takes and two. A little bit of time. They, they yeah. were one and two after three games. It wasn't until week six against the Chargers where they really figured it out and just went on a tear after that and won the won the AFC West. I'm not. I'm not saying that that I necessarily see that tear coming, but I do think to Eric's point, three and three is definitely within the realm of possibility. And I think that the schedule sets up so that they can and have the ability to figure it out here in the next couple of weeks to make it competitive in the AFC West. Yeah. I, I do think, especially you've got 10 of 16 teams in the AFC right now that don't have a winning record. And then I think three more are two and one. So nobody's pulled away from you, obviously in three weeks. The Bills are the only team uh, that we assume won't win the division and is 3-0. and Yeah. Uh, but you do have to get it figured out quickly, though, because you go 4-5 or five on the road after the bye. So you probably need to be 4-5 and five or 5-4 five and four after week nine in order to, you know, have a chance at the playoffs. But Vic said until you're 500, you can't even look at that stuff. Let's go through the next couple of games here and uh, tell me how the Broncos get this thing done. Okay. Are you going to say the games, or you want me to okay. say them and tell you? Uh, this week, Jacksonville. Yep. We already went over that. You think that this is going to be a Broncos win? I think that you have to win this game. Okay. If you, if you don't win this game and you fall to 0-4, I think a lot of the guys who are currently still fighting and think, hey, we're going to turn this thing around, a loss to Jacksonville at home with a rookie quarterback is going to put a severe dent into your confidence. It doesn't mean you're going to go 0-16, but I do think that – a lot of guys are going to say, hey, maybe we just don't have what it takes to make the playoffs this year. There's still things to play for, but a loss this weekend would make things really difficult. I think they win by double digits. I think I, I, agree. Think, I think they win by double digits, and it's it's not a big beatdown like we saw necessarily in Arizona on Thursday night last year, but I think I think double digit. it's going to be a double-digit win for the Broncos at home, and Minshew Mania comes to a, a slow pause. But here's the path for me. If, well, I'm going to say next game is... Uh, at, at LA Chargers. Yeah, you have you need to win that one. And then be after tough. that, back home against Tennessee. Yep, and you need to win that one. Got alumni in the house, Champ Bailey going in the ring of fame. You probably probably jacked up. You get that and you're back three and three and then a short, short week. week against the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Here's what I'll Great say. Great setup. The next yeah, if you're gonna get the So Chiefs, if you're three and three, you won three in a row and you got a short week, you're probably Mahomes, feeling pretty good. Yes, at home. Here's Great. what I'll say. You go Mahomes, 
then you go 10 days to prepare to prepare for Indianapolis on the road and then you have Cleveland at home you need to win two of those three yep so that would get you at five and four going into the bye week then you have four of five on the road you go to Minnesota to Buffalo Chargers at home Houston on the road and Kansas City on the road if you can get through that stretch with another let's say two or three victories say even two say you go two and three during that stretch and you're sitting at let's see that's going to put you at seven and six and then you win the last two at home against Detroit and Oakland puts you at nine and seven and you hope that you win some tiebreakers there this is uh, the Eric Delala path. No, that's a that's good. Path. I, that that is the path. I think I. This is I, what Eric loves to do, though. He I likes love a, it. He loves the schedule. Yeah, my favorite thing. You love third round draft picks. I love the schedule. It's a great. That's true. No, but the way he set it up is it's got to kind of be the way it has to go if they want to have yep. a shot. Let's say this though: if you're at Jacksonville coming in here this this week, mm-hmm. you're like, we're going on the road. We're going to face an zero three team, and it's an opportunity for the Jags to go. Back to five hundred. I think the Jags are. To- I think the Jags see the Broncos at zero and three, and I think they're they're coming in a little bit a little bit overconfident and a little bit. Uh, I think they're looking past the Broncos a bit. You're right because the the Jaguars haven't played the uh, Colts yet, and they played Houston really tight on the road, and so they're thinking the same thing. If we can get to two and two, we're one game back. Boom. Yep. We got That's the way the NFL works. Close games every it. week. All right, so uh, to recap here, we talked about the Broncos' injury concerns with uh, Kareem Jackson popping up on the injury report here. Uh, we talked about Von Miller. Is this his uh, game where he uh, comes out and breaks out and uh, you know uh, regains some of the confidence that uh, we're used to seeing from Von Miller? Then we talked to uh, Royce Freeman inside the Broncos' locker room, talked about that Broncos' running attack and how they're using the one-two punch with him and Philip Lindsay this season. Touched on Brandon McManus for a moment there, and then a little bit of Minshew mania. Then we wrap things up with uh, uh, keys to the game here, and now it's time for our shout-outs. That time. It's that time for the shout-outs. What is going on in the community? In the community, we had a CEO build Thursday. Pretty impressive. You were there. I was there. Tweeting some videos. Yep. That was nice. Tweeting videos and... uh, there's a nice little wrap up there. Chris Harris Jr.'s got a, a Coats for a Cause event coming up. That's always a great deal. Uh, that's the Chris Harris Jr., the Underdog Foundation. Good. Uh, Chris is as good as any guy with his foundation. Yeah. Former and Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. That's a time of year where the temperature is starting to uh, dip down pretty low at nighttime. Yeah, it was 83 degrees at practice today. At nighttime, though, <laughs> you're going to want a jacket. Have you been wearing a morning jacket? No. No. I've worn I a sweatshirt. No, a sweatshirt's kind of like a jacket. Kind of like a jacket. Sweatshirt's a jacket. Is what it? About, yeah. What about no shirt? <laughs> That's what Minshew would do. Yeah. Minshew would take his dog on a walk with no shirt. Okay. You want to make another little bet? Do you oh, think that oh during pregame warm-ups, Minshew will walk out onto the field with no shirt on? At any point? No. During warm-ups. But mm-hmm. at any point during warm-ups. I'm saying like before the team comes out like dressed... Um, early right so that's what i'm saying at any point yes does he come out with no shirt on yes i'm gonna say no. i don't think so we'll see do you have inside I'm info sort of interested to see yeah do you have inside info no oh. i don't have any inside how would i have it? yeah i got a shirt guy that's he what told i'm me, saying Minshew shirt guy told me no shirt for warm-ups you got a Minshew shirt guy <laughs> 
Okay, uh, what else is going on? Uh, we, uh, Joe Flacco has got a little event on uh, Friday night. Bowling. Bowling event. Love it. Um, I think that's it for the this community is, right this now. This is uh, oh, Liz Manis's time of year. A UC Health uh, visit on Monday coming up after the game. That's nice of the guys. Yeah. Visit some people, spread some cheer. A cancer awareness game is right around the corner. Fight like a Bronco. Yes. F-L-A-B. Uh, Swanson could not join us today. No, uh, he's writing. No, he had to go to the oil paint store. Oh, pick up some new paints. God, writing. What? How ridiculous of me to think that. <laughs> yeah, don't be ridiculous. He's out there doing a things. No, he said he was going to write a story about defensive backs, Kareem Jackson, um, Duke Dawson, Chris Harris Jr. But then I just opened my email and the attachment is just a drawing. Of yeah, all those guys only, together. The only writing that Swanson does is his signature when he's finished off a new painting. Yeah, in captions. He does captions and signatures. Exactly. But he does them well. Exactly. Is that it? Is that all we got? Emily, any uh, Emily, shout you wanna... yeah, You've been quiet. I'd like to shout out both my mom and dad, but also Canuck <laughs> mom for tweeting at That's Eric true. and Phil and... Is that your mom's Twitter I. handle, Canuck Mom? It is not. No. It is not my mom, but she. But Canuck Mom did also a Canadian. Also Canadian, um, so I have to give her. Some she time. chimed in with a roast of Eric, which I am always a big fan of. It's been the week of roasts for Web Guy Eric. Web Guy Eric did not know if you missed last the the podcast earlier this week. I did miss it. Uh, he did not know that uh, you put milk in your tea. Not that you have to do that, but that some people do. That, that. is a that is a common practice. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And ever since then, he's all he's been drinking is uh, milk, milk and tea. <laughs> I've got another shout out. Well, Canuck Mom, let me just finish up. Canuck Sorry. Mama suggested that you enjoy a London fog. Yeah. So uh, I looked it maybe up. Maybe we'll have to Wasn't try that. Really sure what it was, but I have to try that. Okay, you got another shout out. Yeah, I'd like to uh, just. We have a lot of great sponsors here. At That's true. Denver Broncos Football Club, uh, United Airlines, among the best. That uh, is true. Did this, you have a read or something for them? I do not have a read. They but help just, bring they have they bring families together. Uh, very reliable. Um, never leave anyone behind. That's true. So, uh, Matt, Matt, you had uh, some interesting adventures with United. Wait, wait, hold, yeah. on. hold on, it wasn't United. Oh, that wasn't United. Oh, big oh, can't, no. we can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. Okay, no, 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 no. It wasn't United Airlines. Maybe that's why someone got left behind then. Well, because it wasn't United. That's true. United would never have let. Matt leave an intern behind. Didn't happen. That's true. That's true. Didn't happen with United. <laughs> I know, because United mm. wouldn't have let it happen. <laughs> mm. That's a quality airline. Interesting. Interesting. That yeah. is a quality airline, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, Matt's shout-out's probably to be John Harbaugh or something like that. John yeah. Harbaugh? Why would, uh, I, shout Jim, out Jim, Jim why would I shout out John Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. Sorry. I got... John's the good one. Jim's... <laughs> I always forget. I always get that mixed up. Have you ever been punched in the uh, in the <laughs> podcast studio? <laughs> no. Uh, All jokes aside. So, do who do I? Can I shout out anybody? Well, well, within reason. Within yeah. reason. You just shouted out a, a United Airlines. They're great. That's true. They oh, would okay. never leave an intern behind. That's true. That's true. Uh, let me think. That's the God. mark of a good airline. Shout out. Mark of a great airline. Um, shout out. Uh, let's see. Oof. Uh, shout out! Uh, shout out my uh, my tree guy who uh, who t- you know the uh, took the tree out of my uh, the fallen tree that's out of true. my yard this uh, this week. Big tree guy. I know. Yeah, that's big time. I know. Yeah. Wilmer, Wilmer. Shout out Wilmer. Emily, you've got something. We should shout out, and I'm going to butcher their name, but oh, we gosh. should shout out the Huichol 
community who decorated the beaded helmets for the Hispanic Heritage oh, Game. Oh, no, shout out. There's a story on DenverBroncos.com. Is not that yet. up yet? Soon. No? Well, tomorrow maybe by morning. the time this podcast is posted. Emily, That's not true. tomorrow. <laughs> we got to use Friday. 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 <laughs> Amateur hour. Friday. All right. Friday, September uh, 27th. Nice. That's when that'll be up there. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week. I think we got into enough trouble, some mischief. Uh, Eric, one other? No. No, you're good? Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for us, uh, for Emily Samanskis and uh, Matt Boyer, for Eric Delala. Oh. Gosh, I was wondering. I almost forgot one thing. I have big news. In addition to that's being true. able to listen to this podcast on Stitcher, TuneIn. TuneIn. And iTunes. We got a new announcement. You can now listen to this podcast on Spotify. I almost forgot. Which you, How you could, could I forget. You, you could, could already do it. Yeah. yeah, you could have downloaded the file, uploaded it to Spotify, and listened to it. Just like you can do with uh, Windows Media Player, QuickTime, any of those great programs. True. You could put it on your Walkman. You, you could. You know what you could have done? Download the podcast. Uh huh. Burn it to a CD. Burn it to a uh, cassette tape. Floppy disk. Yo, you know what? Uh, when we were in Wisconsin, we saw a family video. Where you could go and rent movies, bring them oh, back to the, your house, the, yeah, yeah, on the way, like in. a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, it was next to the Marco's Pizza off yeah. of College Avenue in uh, in Green Bay. If you guys Tremendous. are ever uh, or in Appleton, excuse Tremendous. me, Appleton, Wisconsin's Marco's Pizza and uh, and Family Video. Shout out those guys. I enjoyed Green Bay. I did. Uh, top three what? football experience for me. Oh God! I just meant the bar. Oh, oh the bar, the bar. Yeah, is that where we were? Yeah, the bar. The bar. There's the, only one. No idea. But it you was probably fun. don't remember much. Correct. <laughs> Too busy drinking London Fogs. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is I got a text from Phil that said, do you need a bedtime story? Is that true? Know. Okay, time to wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> For Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. You have been listening to... The Neutral, the neutral Zone. zone. Oh the Neutral Zone. The Neutral Zone.